Let's look back at Thursday in the NBA. Three games on, huge performances from guys that may be floating around on your waiver wire. It's the final day of games before the All-Star break. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and why does the word mid mean bad when it should just mean mid? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yeah, I usually just say that as part of the opening of the show, but we're here at the last show before the All-Star break. So thank you for making this first 66% of the season. Be awesome. Yeah, breaking records for most um, views and and listens all through the season, which has been great. A lot of engagement, a lot of fun that we've had along the way. And we're still going. Obviously, we're still still rolling all the way through. There will be a show tomorrow. It's already been recorded. It is the um, playoff look-ahead discussing some little maybe hidden ways to approach your playoffs with all of the different playoff schedules that might exist or different playoff, uh, not necessarily formats, but dates that are used. Just going through some stuff that just gives you a bit of a reminder, but also different ways to attack that. Don't forget, double bang. You know, to double bang, that's a great way of helping out the show. Thumb it up, the subscribe, bell, all of that great, great stuff. Like I said, the, this is the final day of games. I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break over the next couple. So apologies if I don't get back to comments or anything like that straight away, because I'm just going to try and unwind a little bit. Let's talk about what we need to talk about here, though. In terms of news, there's not a lot that has happened. We haven't got any resolution on the Isaiah Stewart boxing match with Drew Eubanks. But what we do know is that the Italian cock is back. The big fella is in Milwaukee now. No, we're not adding Danilo Gallinari in 10 or 12 or 14. Maybe we get to 16. It's really going to depend how Glenn Rivers uses him. But no, we're not really prioritizing anything there with the Gallinari. And because there wasn't just many news items at all today, I thought I'd put this one in, even though I can talk about it later on. Scooter Henderson is, according to Chauncey Billups, going to start for the rest of the season. So... We'll talk more about Scoot at the end of the show. He's already been sort of a a must-roster play with how things are trending up anyway. He's 100% that must-roster guy. Uh, Now, even though I'm recording that before that game has started, I'm recording this part before that game has started, so I don't know how he's performing. It might be a total, absolute disaster, but I think we grab him. If he's got that role, it locks in some of the minutes. It also means, to me, that's a... I talked about this quite a lot as well recently, that... Over this all-star break period, you'll see coaches come out and give these indications. We saw it with the Jazz and Keontae George. We're seeing it now with Portland. You'll get more coming out of guys who are moving into roles that give you that idea of security of their value, but also an idea of the way the team's going to approach things with other guys maybe getting lessened. So the fact that him and Simons are going to start, I'm guessing, moving forward, you see that, oh, well, we're not... Brogdon's going to be out and he's going to be limited when he returns. All that sort of stuff sort of sort of tweaks in with the valuation of players. And we're just getting the start of that stuff happening right now. So that's that bit of information. Let's look at some trends across the waiver wire. 
who has been added, who has been dropped over the last 24 hours. The most added players, two of them are in Charlotte. Number one is Grant Williams up 13%. Number two is Trey Mann up 11%. Totally okay with both of those guys being 12-team ads. In fact, I think they should be. Number three on this list is Keontae George up 10%. We talked about him about four or five days ago saying, yeah, let's have a crack at it. It's going to be annoying with field goal percentage. Well, maybe not today, but yeah, that's a pretty strong ad, I would say, at this point. Kyle Anderson is a stream option. He's up 8%. That's to play on Thursday. Then they play again next Saturday, the only two quality games scheduled left. The Duck, Luke Kennard, I get why people added him. Did not work out because the Grizzlies, and we've said this for weeks, they are going to be an absolute disaster rest of season. They're just sitting guys randomly every game. Keep that in mind that there is going to be a lot of stuff. And I say, I didn't even tell you why that's a disaster. Canard didn't play. Like, he was out. The other one there is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Exactly the same boat as Kyle Anderson. Got the game today. Got the game on the next quality game day. And there's some value in that. Hard to argue too much with the drops either. Number one on that list is Marcus Sasser. We've seen his minutes plummet. He's going to need one of Ivy or Cade to be out to be a 12-team league guy. That might happen, but it's not there now. Jaime Huckers down 6%. I thought his last game was actually okay, but people did pull the plug because they only have one game left in the final four days of the week, and his production is pretty mid. Timmy Hardaway down 6. Easy drop. Kelly Linick down 6. I don't think I would have moved on from Kelly Linick. I know he hurt himself last game, but I think I would have held on to him there. And the other two are Trey Lyles down 6% and the Shark Bruce Brown down 5%. That one, not really all that hard to... Uh, well, not, I'm not going to argue with it because he's minutes and production's a little bit all over the shop, Brownie, and it is hard to feel super confident in the role that he is going to be playing uh, for your old Toronto Raptors. I've got my microphone standing the way of the button here. I've got to push it. All right, let's talk about the first game of the day. We're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Memphis Grizzlies, some changes to the lineups. The Grizzlies, of course, no Luke Kennard, so Jordan Goodwin started. No Jaron Jackson, so they moved Trey Jemison into the starting lineup. Reminder, the Jemison was in the G League yesterday because they're trying to preserve his day, so he was back up starting. And then John Conchar was out, yeah! And they moved Zaire Williams into the starting lineup. Just wild stuff with their rotations. It's going to be a problem all season. We're going to have all of these inconsistencies. But all these inconsistencies pale when we talk about the inconsistencies that Glenn Rivers provides to the Milwaukee Bucks because an apple a day would be a great solution for the Bucks at the moment. Anything to keep Doc away. They lose 110 to 113 to the Grizzlies. And this is a Grizzlies team with no Jaron, Bain, Smart, Morant, Kennard, Conchar, Pippen, Rose, Clark, LaRavia. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. No Chris Middleton, obviously, for Milwaukee. But who cares? They should win. That is two stinking losses in a row for Milwaukee. Um, they lost to the undermanned Heat, what, two days ago, I think it was. Yeah, on Tuesday. So let's break this down. I, I don't know what to even say about where this team is. There's feels like there's chemistry issues. There's a bunch of coaching issues, obviously. They need to like change a bunch of things. Like it's but I don't know what I don't know how they do it. I, I don't yeah, it's it's rough, man. Like this is bad. And I know things were bad under Adrian Griffin, but uh, how do you, as soon as like they announced that, that Doc was the leading candidate with, no, you can't do it. Like, is there any way to get worse? Like, maybe, apparently, yes. Brooke Lopez, 14 and 11 with two steals and four blocks. Didn't shoot well. This is good to get some extra blocks here out of Brookie, while Yanni had 35, 4 and 12 on a ridiculous 88% shooting, but bad from the line. That's a standard under the Kumpo line. Dame was a little bit better, 35 minutes, 24, 5, and 7, but still just horrendous shooting continually from Lillard. He cannot get the shots to fall at all, and I am a little worried 
that at his age that it's a um, an age-related decline in shooting percentages, not a you know two-month slump. That's a worry. Punch Bob was solid enough, 15 and 7 in 25 minutes, while Leaky Beasley, 9 points, 3 threes, 30%. In his 30, he's just streamable at this point. Jay Crowder starts again in place of Chris Middleton. He was playing 40 minutes a night as a starter like three games ago, and now he can't even get over 25. So Doc has, I've got no problem. He shouldn't play 40 minutes a night. Be pretty wild change in ideas there from Doc because we're getting a little bit more minutes into someone like AJ Green, and we've got 24 minutes out of Pat Connaughton who had two steals. But we're not looking at Crowder as anything more than a deeper league guy. Uh, Connaughton or Green, their bench is just trash. And you would need better bench production, um, especially when your starters aren't producing at the level that realistically they should be. Like they should be doing way more than they are. So that takes us on to the Grizzlies. And I read out all those absences and that makes it almost impossibly hard to figure out what we do with this team because things are going to change every day. Vince Williams feels like almost the only consistent thing. 18, 12, and 7 for the bug with two steals on 64%. He's been awesome, remains awesome, must roster player. Zaire Williams had 27 points with four rebounds, four assists, and three steals in 36 minutes. Like, that's awesome. The man's been dreadful all season. I am not reacting to that in any way. Santi Aldama, seven points in 33 minutes. That's trash. And then he goes, oh, hang on. Here's seven assists out of nowhere. I don't think that Santi is a 12-team league guy. And I've said that continually. I think he's fine if you want to have him like on your roster, if you want to go with him and use him as like a fringe, streamy sort of a player. That's okay. But he's definitely not must-roster to me. Jordan Goodwin would be must-roster if we knew that he was going to start. 29 minutes for Goodwin, 11-7-3, two steals, 42%. The tough thing here with this is he's a 10-day contract player. If they sign him to a full rest of season deal, that limits their ability to rotate other guys in. Well, they have no more roster spots to rotate somebody in on that 10-day. And I don't know if they want to do that. They might. I don't know. And then there's the Pippin stuff. There's the Gilead stuff. And Gilead's not going to be around. Like Gilead just used another one of his days up here. I think he's got two days left. He's at 48. He's got two more left before he's done for the year. So... Yeah, that's he's going to be out, and they probably cut him. I, I don't. I think I'm pretty sure they can convert Goodwin to a two way because you've got to be under three years in the league to get a two way. So yeah, Goodwin's only second season, so maybe they do that. But then then he'll be in that same spot as Jemison and Pippen, where they've got to you know, shuttle you back and forth between the G League to keep your days right. So I don't mind a grab of Goodwin, but I'm not saying I'm going to feel particularly confident with the role and the minutes or anything like that. It feels like it's going to be all over the place. Because it is. Trey Jemison had 10 and 6 in his 23. Great. But he's going to be in and out of the rotation as well. Gilead had scoreless with five assists. Like, that's not useful enough. And Lamar Stevens continues to be pretty solid. 13 and 5 in 29 minutes. While Watanabe went scoreless in 11. 60% shooting for Lamar here as well. Like, he's had three pretty solid games. I don't think that that's a 12-team league ad. But I'm at least a little bit interested in how they're using him. And I've left the last name here to last. And that's Greg Jackson the second, Because this is the absolute perfect time Again, to sell high. Josh, you're an idiot. Josh, you told us to drop GG. Eh, okay. This is still not a particularly strong category league line, by the way, guys. He had 27 points with one rebound, zero assists, zero steals. He was one of three from the line. He got red hot. He had six threes and he shot 59% and played 30 minutes. That's like, it's the scoring's good. But we still have to understand that Greg is not the greatest option for category leagues. He still is outside the top 180 over the last two weeks. He can be a scorer whose role varies game by game, who is still actually, he's actually shooting way better than I thought he would, and that could come down at any point. He's going to have a role rest of the season, we know this, and he's totally okay to roster, but 
I don't think that he's this absolute lock-in category, going to bang out. Some people are saying like top 50 rest of the season. I think that's crazy talk, honestly. And therefore, with this game, 27 points against the Bucks with only three games on, that is a huge sell-high moment. You know about leveraging um, interest. And when you want to talk uh, you know, that boy nice or pure hooper culture, when someone like that, which is exactly what GG is, when they start going off, everyone ignores everything else that's not scoring. And that's where you can make some make some uh, valuation or make some value in your trades, if you can still do it, if your deadline hasn't passed. Um, by the way, there are people who be like, man, I can't believe you've still got a trade deadline. Your league's a, a taco league. Or, man, my, my trade deadline finished last week. I must be in a taco league. Stop taco stuff. You can have a trade deadline whenever you want. Like, I set mine and the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Bowls finished yesterday. You can run it till next week if you want. You can do it earlier if you want. Totally up to you. It doesn't really matter either way. But what I'm saying here, that if you are looking to move off of GG, this is the time to do it. And again, I know there's going to be someone going, man, why would you suggest selling GG? Because at this point, you can get a lot of value for someone who's probably going to be more consistent and more able to contribute across multiple different categories. That's why you would do it. Because when the fever pitch of emotion of excitement, which there is, rightfully so, because the man went off, that's where you can try and cash it in. And if you can't cash it in for super high value, enjoy it. But there are going to be some down games. There is no question about that. Remembering also who was out in this one too to enable more of those shots to go that way. And there will be games where these guys are out again down the stretch and they'll probably shut players down. This is all true. And GG is a way better player in points leagues. He's still averaging under 20 fantasy points a game for the year. Uh, averaging 20 minutes a night, but like he's still, he's getting better and he is fine to have. But to me, there is still significant holes in his game that are going to cause some problems on category league teams, but the excitement here is through the roof. See if you can do anything with it. And if you can't, that's totally okay as well. It's totally okay. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Every week, me, Josh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, we're going to be going through the best fantasy picks of the week to try and help you prepare for your fantasy playoffs, scour the waiver wire to get the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Trey Mann in Charlotte has found a nice little spot. He is starting. I don't know whether Lamelo is coming back or not, but Trey's in a really good role, and I think he could probably play alongside Lamelo. and he's really shaping up to be one of those guys who's able to put up some very interesting march numbers on a team that's going nowhere, and just let him try and explore what he can do. And that is something that is important in fantasy and getting ahead of that stuff is, is key to getting victories. So if Trey Mann is sitting on your waiver wire, now's the time to go and grab him. So he might be the perfect fit on your team and that might be the perfect thing that you need, the guaranteed fit, in fact, to get you to a championship. And eBay, eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that is the same with your vehicle. They have 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to US customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Let's go on to the next game. I'm not going to throw this one away like I'm John Collins with a uh, possession in the final three seconds of a game. We're going to talk about stuff that we actually need to talk about. We're going to be more secure. And the Warriors were secure in making a change to the starting lineup. And I talked about this, I think it was I think it was this morning, with Kingy. 
I said, look, Pajemski, is he their third best player? Like, they need to be playing him over Clay and Wiggins. I just don't know if they'll have the balls to do it. Well, they did. Clay got benched, and Pajemski started. Now, of course, there are some more complicating factors because that move automatically goes, well, we dropped Clay, we had Pajemski, done deal, easy, easy, easy sitch, right? Yeah, sort of. The Warriors win at 140-137. And we'll talk about why there's some complicating factors because Clay Thompson came off the bench and dropped a casual 35 in 28 minutes with seven threes. He took 22 shots, which was eight more than anybody else, which is a wild thing to see. He hit seven threes, but in very much clay style, there's nothing else there. There's no steals, there's no blocks. It's six rebounds and two assists. So he just got red hot shooting. So I think if you dropped clay, you'd obviously be going, damn it. Like, really? Like, I held him for this long, and then he blows up with this. But I I also think we have to be really cautious, and our brains play tricks on us all the time. But we don't look at this and go, oh, now he's coming off the bench. He's got the freedom. He'll just be playing in a gunner role, and he'll do this every night or some degree of this every night. And that's usually just not 100% how it works. So don't beat yourself up about it. Do you go and rush to add clay after this? I'm not sure that I would rush to do it. If you want to, no worries. But again, when things like this happen, when changes happen and then big performances come with it, we often can fool ourselves into thinking that it's the change that caused that action and that that action will then continue as long as that change remains in position. So just be aware of that. Uh, let's talk about Pajemski, who played 34 minutes, 13, 6, and 8. The shooting was pretty rough for him, but if he's playing 34 a night, we are all in. Now, his minutes have been a little bit up and down. Look at his game log recently. Two games ago, he played 27 minutes, even though I think his production is really good. And I don't know what happens when Chris Paul comes back, but he probably should be on rosters now. Um, not probably. He definitely should be on rosters now. It's just going to be a frustrating up and down sort of experience from him. Draymond. Imagine getting Draymond to score 23 points. 23, 5, and 5, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 3 threes. What a game. And Andy Wiggins was also great. It was all the old blokes, apart from the best one. 19 and 7 for Wigo with three threes on 58%. I still don't think that Wiggins is 100% a must roster. It's fine to have him, but he's sort of on that fringe area. Steph, who was great last time out, not so much. 16 points on 29%. He had 10 assists, so that's good with two threes, but just a rough shooting night for him. What we've been tracking on this show a little bit is John Kaminga. Because we are... uh, we're, We're a little worried. We're a little worried. 24 minutes for Kaminga, no foul trouble, 13, 5, and 4, with no threes, no steals, only the one block. He shot well, but the Kaminga hype train, the Kaminga true breakout has been handbraked to a big degree. He said he's outside the top 100 over the last two weeks. He's 179th over his last five games. We're not dropping him, but there was so much that was happening early on from Kaminga, or not early on, in that period of time basically since he cut his hair and called out his coach, that seemed to a degree unsustainable. And we're getting back to that old Kaminga who was always a pretty poor profile fantasy player for category leagues. He would score without a whole lot else happening and it is regressing. So we're watching it really closely um, and hoping that that's not the case, but we are just being a little cautious because it is a pretty sizable downturn in his production over the last couple of weeks that we do need to pay attention to. For the Jazz... Where do we start here? Let's start with the speaker, Keontae George. He played 41 minutes. He had 33 points with nine threes, six assists and three steals, 50% shooting. Led the team in shot attempts, equal with Markkinen and was dominating. Unbelievable stuff. For all of the criticisms that Keontae George gets, and I get why, he's 94th over the last two weeks. 
Um, and when the they made the move to restart him and we said it was sort of pushing that way, I was like, yeah, let's go on at him and see what happens. Understanding you're going to have some issues with field goal percentage, but I was probably, I was probably, I don't know if I was too hesitant. Or maybe I was, right? But um, you always have those worries when you say like, hey, we're going in here, Keontae, let's try it again and see what happens. And then he looks great here. Now, this is obviously completely on the other end. It feels you have some level of relief when a, a good when a player goes off like that. But it's also way too high from an expectation um, as we move forward from here. He should be on rosters, Keontae. The minutes there are, are pretty strong. Um, obviously, the shooting was awesome. He's not going to do this every game. And he actually brought defensive stats, which is not something he's really done at all. So I'm very, very encouraged by this. And that is, again, part of the thing that happens after the deadline. You see the trades. You see guys waved. You see changes in the starting lineup. And then you say, well, who are we prioritizing down the stretch? And I reckon it might end up being Keontae. Sexton had 35-3-9, a fantastic game from him. Well, Chris Dunn just did enough to be on that 14-team stream list. 8-5-1 with two steals. As for the Baptist, Johnny Collins, well, outside of that, just I don't know what he was doing at the end of the game. He had 18-13 and 13 in 31 minutes. It was a really strong game, while Kessler went back to 25 minutes. So is he fully unleashed? No. He's fine, though. Four and six steal on a block, just a bad one. And it was just a rough, rough shooting night from Markkinen. 20 and 13 with four threes on 27%. Same with uh, Jordy Clarkson. Although Clarkson had nine assists, he had 13 points. Clarko feels a little much, a little bit like we don't have to roster him. You can, but I don't think that it's a necessity. And I think there will be a situation here where he does move into a, um, into a smaller role or gets a fake injury at some point moving forward. You'll notice that the Jazz didn't win this game because they played Taylor Horton Tucker, but because they played him only five minutes, the game was a lot closer, only a three-point margin. We're figuring it out. Well, once you just take Horton Tucker out of the rotation, you'll get a win. That's that's how this works. I know you don't have any threes. Just literally play Luka Sharmanich, play Bryce Sensible. Horton Tucker's terrible and remains terrible and has always been terrible. And I know it feels like I'm being a bit harsh, but, you know, stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar that you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That is right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info claim as of quarter one, 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA is available to US customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. So that brings us onto the final game of the day. Bit of a blowout to end proceedings. The Minnesota Timberwolves up against the Portland Trailblazers. And we got that change. Scoot Henderson, Sterling, is into the starting lineup. He replaced Matisse Thibel. Again, like I said earlier, I do think this means that that keeps Malcolm Brogdon in a bench role rest of season. But there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff going on in Portland. Hey, that's a sentence you can say at any point. But there's going to be a lot of weird stuff going on with the Portland basketball team for the rest of the season is going to be my guess. So 
what happened in this one between the Wolves and the Blazers. The Wolves win it 128-91 is the final score in this one. We had finally a good game from Jaden McDaniels. 28 minutes, 17-5-1 with two steals, plus 22. The reason you would have held on to Jaden is you got this good game out of him, and then you get the next quality game on Saturday. Otherwise, not a 12-team league player. Gobert had 11 and 12 um, with two blocks. Towns was great, 23 and 8 with two blocks. He was pretty down in the last one, but that was good here. And Goose dropped a really big second half bomb. Obi decides to leave. Uh, 34, 6 and 7 with two steals for Anthony Edwards. Not much else going on. Another disappointing night from the Wizard of Niles and Nasri. 10 and 3 with nothing else. The only reason to hold is for that quality game next week. And to kill Alexander Walker being playing well. He had a plus 26. That's huge. But 2-2-1 two, two, and one does not move the needle for us. Um, again, hold if you want for that game next week on Saturday. But otherwise, obviously, we're not doing much with him in a, uh, in a fantasy capacity. Strong Mike Conley game. They just didn't need to roll him out much. So I guess the question is, in Portland, how did Scooter go? 31 minutes, 15-1-4, one steal, 5 of 12 shooting. Missed all of his threes, but 5 of 6 on the line. He's turned into a very good free throw volume guy on very high percentage, which he wasn't in the G League at all. That's been impressive. This is just totally like mid, as you might say. No, nah, it's not mid. It's actually mid. Like, it's actually fine. It's middle ground. It's okay. It's enough for him to be... Like, he is top 100 already over the last two weeks. And he just needs to be rostered. There's going to be ups and downs. We know this. But this is solid enough. Simon's had 12, 5, and 6, and 8. And what, if you want to talk putrid, what is... I, I want to jack him off just because of how bad this game is. We're not. Don't drop Aiton. But, man... Two points, four rebounds in 20 minutes, and he fouled out. But on the positive side, somehow he was able to get three steals and a block during that time, but just a putrid performance. Tamani Kamara scored well, 13 points in only 18 minutes with five rebounds and two blocks, but that's just deeper league stuff. And then we've got extended bench run. 17 Dwap Reith minutes, 18 Delano Banton minutes, 24 Jabari Walker minutes. We are keeping an eye on Jabari and Chris Murray and Reith for if shutdowns do happen later. I think Fiebel is not going to be a part of this rotation for much longer, to be honest. He had uh, 11 minutes for zero points with one steal on 0-4 shooting. Went from starting to barely, barely playing. He might uh, get completely excised when the big fella, Brogo, does return later on. So there are your games. They're done. Um, let's go and have a look at the stream of the day. Now, some not bad results with that. Some actually bloody ripping results. Some not great. The 10-team stream was Scoot Henderson. And this seems to come up often. I'll just quickly rehash this. When I say someone's the stream of the day, someone goes, man, why wouldn't you just roster him? Yeah, sure. But I have certain roster numbers that I look at and say, if you're looking and this guy's available in your league, you use them. But for a lot of those guys, they're guys you just want to roster. The stream of the day does not mean you add them and then have to drop them. You can, but it doesn't mean you have to. And Scoot's in that boat. Scoot had 15, 1, and 4 with a steal and no blocks. That's okay as the 10-team streamer. That is totally fine. The 12-teamer, yep, huge. The speaker, Keontae George, 33, 2 and 6 with 3 steals. Couldn't have wished for anything more. Could have wished for a little bit more from the 14-team streamer. That was Jay Crowder, 4 and 5 with a steal. He has seen his minutes reduced because he's terrible. But uh, we, we, that pattern's pretty real. Now, um, your 16-team stream was Lil John Concha. He did not play. And then your Yahoo point stream was Keontae George, just a casual 51.4. And on ESPN, Keontae George was the streamer as well. And he dropped in just 63 fantasy points. So you'd be pretty happy with those results with that. Who's your monstrous then? couple of options for today. Two guards who are really close together. But in the end, we do end up in Utah, and it is the Padawan. 
Colin Sexton, who had 35 points, three rebounds, nine assists, big minutes, him next to Keontae. They they ran a lot of that show. They ran a lot of three-guard lineups as well because, again, Tony Lawton Tiger sucks. Um, yeah, pretty really strong night from Colin Sexton. The waiver wire line of the night is also the young gun of the night because this man is a rookie. This man is available in over 50% of leagues, and this man's name is Keontae George. 33 points, 6 assists, 3 steals, 9 triples, shot the absolute lights out, and your dud of the night. Who was the worst performer for the day? Who is rostered in a sizable 50-plus percent of leagues? And that is the Wizard of Noz, Nazareth Reed. 10-3, and three, no blocks, no assists, nothing else. The only reason to hold is the quality game schedule. Let's take a look at the top six players now, starting off with our top six players for nine category leagues. Of course, at the top is Colin Sexton, followed by Anthony Edwards. After that, it is Keontae George, Brooke Lopez, Draymond Green, and then Vince Williams Jr. Your top six players under 50% rostered Keontae at number one. We're adding him. Zaya Williams, uh, who knows, man? Don't think so, but... I don't know. Tamani Kamara, good game. Don't care. Not adding them outside of like 16 teams, maybe. Jaden McDaniels, like, okay, cool. Good for you. Don't care as a long-term thing. Pajemski, yes, Brandon Pajemski, we are adding in 12s. And then the best, the next best one was actually Santi Aldama. And I don't think we need to roster him. His seven assists were really nice. The role is okay, but he's not doing enough to suggest to me that we have to hold him under all circumstances. Your top six players... In Yahoo Points Leagues, Anthony Edwards was number one, followed by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Colin Sexton, Draymond Green, Keontae George, and Brookie Lopez. So, what are our major takeaways? Well, we are adding Keontae George. I think that we're adding Scoot Henderson as well. I think you can add GG if you want, understanding his category league deficits. I've put Jordan Goodwin on this list just in case. Maybe we get news from the Grizzlies that he's going to be a starting point guard and they convert his contract. That would be interesting. The guys that I've got as drops there are Santi Aldama, and Jordan Clarkson. Don't have to drop him, but if they're sitting at the back end of your roster and you want to take a flyer of Keontae and you want to look at Brandon or you want to look at Scoot or you want to look at Gigi or you want to look at anyone like that, then yeah, Vince Williams is still 32% available for some reason. So yeah, you want those guys, then those other players that on that list, Clarkson and Aldama, are droppable. The Goodwin one is one that's really something we've got to watch because obviously they can do weird things with their ro- rotation. But if we hear, yeah, full-time contract and he's going to start the rest of the way, we would add Jordan Goodwin everywhere. But we don't know that yet. So maybe there's a chance to just take a flyer, just sit him through the all-star break on your team and maybe see where we go. Probably nowhere, most likely nowhere, but you never know. Now, as a celebration that the all-star break and all-star weekend is here, hit the thumbs up, hit the bell, leave your comments down below. And again, I will see you with a show tomorrow talking about fantasy basketball playoffs. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening and for watching, everyone. See ya.